Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast from Dublin First Baptist Church in Dublin, North Carolina. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you listen to our message. For more information, please visit our website at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist as we listen to the preaching of God's Word. So, uh, joy. Tommy is going to lead us in joy, so we got to light the, uh, light the peace and hope candles. And then the pink one, uh, the way we do it here, right, is joy. And I know, like, in, I think in most places, tonight's the first night of Advent, but we started early because of the cantata and Christmas coffee house and everything else that's happening. Yeah. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn on the tree, too. We're in the process the of getting decorated, all right, here. But if you got a tree and it's got lights, in here why not, tonight. right? And what's awesome, Ashley and Nathan got this down today, and we missed an ornament last year. <laughs> and guess what it says on it? Joy. Joy. Yeah. Joy. There you go. Joy is long-lasting. Joy, that's if right. If it's in Jesus Christ. That's right. Well, we are going to be uh, there looking at joy tonight, and it is, it is the, the different candle. It is joy. It's the pink candle. And we're going to be in John chapter 15 tonight, so you can go ahead and turn there, please. In John chapter 15. That may be on blink mode. It is on blink mode. That's going to be distracting. (laughs) So let's get it steady-ish, or at least a slow fade. Slow fade, or... There we go. That's romantic. Uh, I don't know about that. (laughs) Uh, anyway, but yeah, so um, Christ our joy. So yeah, and it is. And like you said, it is the start of actual Advent today. Uh, so it should be hope. That's, that's the uh, first one. But uh, we have been going for a while, so that's okay, too. We do have all, a lot going on in December. Um, it's also sometimes called the shepherd's candle because uh, that's who received the first uh, announcement there. Luke 2.10 says, The angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Keep going, Tom. And I think about that a lot because that's what it says at OCC, right? Good news and great joy. And that's what it is. It's great joy uh, to all people. And uh, there was great joy at at the first Advent. I'm just watching this here. This is almost more entertaining than (laughs) find the right one. Ah, there's a button. That's there right. The first thing you throw away is the directions when you open something up. No, that's all right. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, and I think there was, I mean, obviously, if we, we read the Christmas uh, story, so to speak, or the Christmas passage, Luke 2, there's a lot of joy that is found there in Mary and Joseph and Simeon and, and Anna. We see that there. But there's a lot of joy that we have right now in Christ. There will be a lot of joy at the second Advent as well uh, in that coming uh, when we, as we're waiting for that. But we do continue with that series tonight. Uh, and it's often overlooked. True joy is what I should say. True joy is often overlooked uh, because we do allow other things sometimes to determine what we're going to be joyful about. Or we try to set our joy in things that can't last. 
We try to establish joy in things of this world, uh, conditional things, uh, when the joy that we have is secure in Jesus Christ alone. And so we'll look at that tonight. If you'll read verses 9, 10, and 11 of John chapter 15, please. All right. Jesus said in verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. And that right there is going to be our anchor text, because that's what Jesus said, my joy, and that your joy would be full, it would be remaining in you. And we'll look through that tonight. But let's start at verse number 9 to begin with there. And it's, as the fathers loved me, so I've loved you. Continue my love. And that seems kind of a weird place maybe or a strange place to begin when we're talking about joy. But in these three verses and really in all of chapter 15, Jesus connected joy, real joy, with obedience, uh, with love. And it's all connected together in these verses. And he tells the disciples very plainly that the love of the Father is reflected in how he loves us. That love is connected to uh, obeying his commands. And in obedience to his commands, we find the real and lasting joy. So the first question I think we need to ask ourselves is, what is the love of the Father? What is the love of the Father? Uh, And I think that one thing I read this week was really good, but it's kind of a, a... a constant understanding, especially in the Old Testament, of what God would do in the future. Remember, they were looking forward to the Messiah coming the first time. And all of their hope and all of their joy and all of their peace uh, was, was uh, surrounded in what God would do, foundationed on what God had already done for them in the past. We read a lot of different verses in the Old Testament where they are told to bless God and be joyful in the Lord and be hopeful in the Lord because of His promises. They, the faithful love of the Lord, the endurance of the faithful love of the Lord, because that was the foundation for their future joy when Messiah would come. Uh, so we have there verses uh, Isaiah twelve five through six, and some of it's in red and some of it's not. So I'll read both of them. Read them uh, both of them. Yeah. There, God has Isaiah say, "Sing unto the Lord, for He's done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee." Yeah, and all of Isaiah chapter twelve is a short chapter. There's only six verses in it, but it is a song of praise. It is Isaiah uh, singing praise uh, uh, to God for the salvation. We see that in in Isaiah twelve and for what is going to be done and what God has already done in the past as well. Uh, and, and plenty of first and second advent meanings in all of uh, Isaiah chapter twelve. But again, their joy was all set on the future because of what God has done in the past. One verse in, in uh, Isaiah 12 that's really good is uh, how they're going to draw salvation out of a dry well. And that would be a very big picture for the people there in the Middle East, of course, because it's a very dry place. But drawing water from the dry place is a really good picture of salvation uh, because that's what Jesus did in a dry and thirsty land mm. and in a place in us in our lives and having salvation uh, coming to a place that's dead. That's what the dryness of a desert is. It's dead. Uh, and so uh, having that salvation draw out of that and they're singing praises and their love and their joy is there on that. And God's love in other places endures forever. It's a faithful love. It's promised salvation. Uh, and it's all connected to his work uh, in the past and what God would do in the future. So God's love is there. But then Jesus said that I've loved you the way that my Father has. So the love of Jesus. 
So ultimately, God's love is shown in a complete and full way in Jesus in His death and resurrection. 1 John 3.1. This familiar verse says, Behold, we're to look, pay attention to what manner of love the Father that He's bestowed on us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Right, and so in that, Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose again and paid the penalty. We now have that fellowship. We have that reconciliation, redemption through Jesus Christ. Uh, shed blood on the cross, and now the love of the Father is in such a way that we are now, that accept Christ, are called the sons of God uh, in, in the same way that we share in what Christ is, uh, shares in, uh, and that is the love of the Father just given to us. And he says that his love is the same as the Father's love. Jesus tells us that. So they're of the same essence. Again, this is another great passage here where we can see that the Trinity mm-hmm. is a very important part of Christianity. Because it's the love of the Father, the love of Jesus Christ. They have the same power, the same essence, the same glory. Uh, they are one and the same. One God manifested in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, uh, in this love, and this fullness here. And Jesus loved the way God loved, and His joy was full. And so our joy would be full as well as we do the same thing. And here's the way that Jesus loves. Thinking about the disciples and thinking about the time that he was with them on earth. He guided them, he taught them, protected them, served them, all using his power and authority. And in a lot of ways, I think that's the way that, in similar ways anyway, that's the way that God had love for Jesus as well. That there was, there was love for, of the Father for the Son in the same way. There's times in, in uh, the scripture where we see that they tried to kill Jesus, but it wasn't his time. Hmm. And he was able to slip out away from the crowd. God had a love for Jesus uh, and does still that would have been in, the, in a similar way to those things. And we have to understand something too about that. That's an eternal love there. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit had, 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 were, were in uh, an eternal love for all the way eternity past. There was no beginning. Jesus mentions that in his high priestly prayer there mm-hmm. in the Garden of the Gethsemane in John 17, I think it is, right? So it yeah. says in mm-hmm. verse um, John 17, verse 5, mm-hmm. Jesus says, Now, Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So mm-hmm. even before the world was created, Jesus and God were in this relationship together yeah. of, of love and, and joy. Um, really perfectly content. They didn't need necessarily anything. It's not like they needed us or needed creation. Um, and, and he's Jesus is like, I'm about to go back there. He's anticipating yeah. his death, his resurrection, his ascension, mm-hmm. and looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a, it's a full and complete love, and it is a love that is eternity past, eternity future, uh, unchanging. Uh, and so, we, we, you know, there's a lot of this phrase, you know, God is love that's thrown around these days. Uh, and um, it has a much deeper meaning and a much bigger meaning than what mm. people want to put on it today. The love of the Father and the Son uh, has no end. Um, it was before creation. It's close and personal. It's perfect fellowship right there. Mm. It's a perfect uh, fellowship of love throughout all times. It's without measure and it's, with, and it's unchanging. This is the love of Jesus for us as well. The love of God and Jesus is poured out to us in salvation. And so as we continue in the love of Jesus, as the end of verse 9 states, we, we live uh, in that joy. Okay, he came, Joy uh, comes from living in the love of the Father, in the love of Christ in the same manner. And that is evidenced in the way we respond to the trials in our life. Because life doesn't always go the way that we want it to, to go, does it? 
So we have trials that come up in our life. Uh, there are people in life that we come across uh, that can uh, cause us to feel like our joy is being stolen. Uh, or people can let you down. That's the other thing, too. Someone that you know really well can let you down at times. You know, So there's a lot of ways that people, and we try to put our, our uh, uh, joy there, situations of life that, res- that arise, but the way that we respond to those trials is evidence of uh, the love that is there. You know, you may not be able to, to place all of our joy, so to speak, into a container and measure it. You know, you can't kind of do that, but you can see the joy a person has when they come into those trials. How do we act? How do we react each day? A joy that comes from a heart of love will remain constant in all circumstances. And that love is the love of the Father, the love of Jesus that is given to us as well. Then we also have the constancy. It's a constant love. Here we have the constancy of joy as well. Can you read verse 10 again? Yeah, it says, uh, Jesus said, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Good, and so we see here, again, continuing with the theme of love, but again, this is all connected to the joy that we have as well. And that first idea there is abiding uh, in the Word, abiding in Jesus, abiding in His love, remaining. And that, that, uh, that word has the idea of, of making your home there. Staying you know, put. Staying yeah. put. You know, when you, when you, you can have a house, you can have a place to stay. You can go on vacation, you know, and you may have a hotel or you may drive somewhere in a mobile home or something, or, uh, an RV. I shouldn't say mobile home, an RV, you know, whatever. You may do something like that, but that's not your home. You're living there temporarily while you're on vacation, but your home is where you abide, you know. And so that's, that's the idea. Make your home there and abide with Jesus, making, making Jesus your home. So can I just break in here? Cause, yeah. All right. If we just take these three verses, that's what we're doing, right? And we, we isolate them. Um, and we read verse 10, where Jesus says, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. What might we, maybe our first understanding be of that, that, that his love is dependent on, contingent on, con- conditioned on us keeping his commandments. Yeah. Now, we know from other places in Scripture that's not true, Right. Um, Romans 5 eight. even while we were yet sinners, Christ mm-hmm. died for us. Right. Right. And so uh, I just, w- I kind of want to highlight that because yeah, no, if we just good. grab that by ourselves where mm-hmm. Jesus said, if you keep my commandments, you shall, so that like his love for us is contingent on, and I'm very glad you didn't put that verse in your previous point where I was talking about the conditions of God's love. You put it here uh, in the constancy uh, or conditions of joy. It's in the constancy of joy mm-hmm. um, because we, we have to understand this is what Scripture teaches. We don't earn God's love. Right. Uh, it's not conditioned on our obedience, mm-hmm. but it, it definitely is the sphere our obedience to God's commandments is definitely the sphere in which we enjoy God's love and right. experience His love. Do you mm-hmm. see the difference there? So uh, His love for us is not conditioned on me keeping His commandments, right. but it, it's, it is the place, the sphere, the context where I best know His love mm-hmm. and, I, and I best will have joy. Like right. I'll understand the joy that Jesus is about to promise us in verse 11. Mm-hmm. That, that is definitely, now joy is contingent, but His love 
yeah. is not contingent right. on us obeying his commandments. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's an important point. I'm glad you brought that out because it is there and that is a very important thing. Uh, God's love, as we said before, is continuous and constant mm. and, and remains the same for us. Uh, but we do enjoy that, as you said, in that sphere. We, so, I think we know it. We best mm-hmm. understand and yeah. we're be- in his love and his joy when we're when we do what he says here. That's right. what he's meaning here. Mm-hmm. And when we abide, it says, when we stay. And that's really the focus mm-hmm. is the constancy of his love and his joy that comes when we obey. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not just like a new message here. That's That was God's message in Genesis 1 mm-hmm. when he created Adam and Eve, right? And he said, here's my one commandment to you. Don't eat of that tree right there. Yeah. And then Satan came and said, well, God's trying to keep something from you. He, right. he doesn't want you happy. He doesn't want you to have joy. And so obeying his commands will bring you not joy. It'll bring you sadness, despair. He's, mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's Satan's lie whenever he tempts us to sin. Yeah. When God says, no, I'm giving you these commandments because your obedience to them is, that's where you're going to have joy. Mm-hmm. That's where you're going to best experience my joy. Right. And that's what Jesus did in his whole ministry mm-hmm. was he sought to be obedient to God in all things. And he was obedient to God in all things. Uh, and, and as a result, his joy was complete because of that. You know, and other places in scripture, it says that, that Jesus delighted to do the will of God, that it was his food to do the will of God. That's actually, I think, a few mm. chapters back in, in uh, chapter 14. It was his food to do the will of God. But all of those things there, it shows a delight for that. So it should be a question we ask ourselves every day. Am I delighting to do the will of God in my life? Am I delighting in being obedient uh, to his commands? Um, and that's where I'm going to enjoy that. So, but his joy was complete because of his seeking to do that. And obedience to God's word is part of the fruit that's produced by the Spirit. And we read that in Galatians. We won't do that tonight. But in Galatians, we do read that, uh, that it is part of the fruit of the Spirit. It's actually joy is actually the second one mentioned. It's yeah, love, yeah, love, joy, joy. peace. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's actually the second one mentioned right after love, that the joy that we have comes from that. And fruit also, in this uh, passage of Scripture, Jesus starts out saying, I'm the vine and you're the branches. Very beginning of this whole Scripture here. And just as natural as it is for uh, grapes to grow on the vine, uh, it should be just as natural for our joy to come out and and grow on us, so to speak, just as naturally as it is for grapes to grow on a vine. And that's what I I like there about, we'll read John 15, 5, if you can do that. Jesus said, I'm the vine. You're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And without me, you can do nothing. Right. And so we are, we're called to be fruitful disciples. We're told that we would be known by our fruit. All the disciples would be known by their fruit. And uh, those that are false would also be known by their fruit. But the fruit that is grown in the heart that's abiding in God's word is joy. That's one of them, love, joy, peace uh, that has grown there. And you'll be known by that. So, but you'll have joy as you obey Christ and, and honor his word. Uh, and so many times, you know, we've mentioned this already, but so many times we try to anchor our joy uh, sometimes in the highs and lows of life, right? Things are going well, and we feel like, man, this is really good. And then something comes along. Maybe a, a job is lost, or a loved one is going through a hard time, or you're going through a hard time. Uh, and all of a sudden, we're like, oh, man. What are things on? that we're tempted to put our joy in or, or get joy from? Mm-hmm. What are some things? It's not personal testimony. You can just be general. Material things. Material things, things yeah. Especially this time of year, right? Yeah. As you turn on TV and the husband takes his wife outside on a snowy Christmas morning and there's mm-hmm. a big red bow and it's a December to remember. Car sales <laughs> and that, right? 
things. Uh, what else? Success. success. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What else are we tempted to source our joy in? Hmm. Mm -hmm. All things, and I mean, when we say material or worldly, not necessarily sinful. Yeah. But but um, some most of them good gifts from God. Right. But if we try to source our joy in the gifts and not the giver, right. the giver's eternal. The mm -hmm. gifts are not. The not. gifts are not, right. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Any relationship, really. Yeah. yeah that's mm -hmm. true. If we're trying to find joy in our identity in them, right. then we're going yeah. to go crazy. Our abilities that we have yeah. find joy in accomplishing things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we do, and and rightly so. I mean, it's not wrong to do that, but when you, if that is where your joy is sourced, mm -hmm. and not just it, one way it comes to you, mm -hmm. um, it doesn't last. Yeah, it can be, it can go away. Yeah. Yeah, and when we when we do that, we're actually living in a way that God's not wanting us to live, which is kind of like a roller coaster. You know, mm -hmm. we're up one minute and down the next, and that's that's not really the way that God wants us to go through life and go through this world, and so that. That constant joy that we're talking about, the consistent joy, comes from hearing God's word, believing it, obeying it from the heart. And that gives us the stability uh, that can only come from truly abiding in him. That gives us that constant mm. joy uh, that Christ wants us to have, that Christ can give us and does uh, uh, when we do those things. Um, so for that, but also there's, there's a mindset. And, and, and this is what we have to have as well uh, when we're going through life about where is our joy going to come from. We have to make a decision about this uh, every day. What we place our minds on can determine how we approach the situations of life. Philippians 2.5. And Jesus said there, let this mind be in you, which, uh, or God, God had Paul say, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Yeah, the same mind there, the uh -huh. mind. Let the same mind be in you that was in Jesus. Uh, and so our mind should be set uh, on the right things and on Christ and on obedience to him in order to have that real joy in our lives. We have the mind of Christ. It's like thinking like Jesus. Yeah, thinking like Jesus. And, and the only way you're going to be able to think like Jesus and understand is getting into the word and seeing what is the things that Jesus uh, did. So you have to be in the word. You have to be abiding for that to happen. Um, and there are things sometimes we say, there those things that are joy stealers or they can rob us of our joy. We've kind of mentioned some of those things. Um, but real joy abides through the hard times. You know, happiness is a feeling, and it's fleeting. Uh, and, and, and so we may not feel happy in the midst of, of a trial or a hard time, but we can have joy uh, in that situation instead. And we've mentioned some of those, the circumstances, the things we own. Worry was not mentioned, but that's another one. We can worry about a lot of things, can we not? I mean, the future is very uncertain for us in a lot of ways, and it can cause us to worry. Uh, and so we may not uh, uh, feel very happy at that moment, but that doesn't mean we can't have joy when we had our mind on Jesus. So I like, there's four things that Warren Wearsby says are kind of like defining the mind of Christ or four ways that he looked at it. He said, this is the first one here, the single mind, having a single mind, that you're focused on Christ. Your mind is focused on Christ. Um, a submissive mind, and that is in the idea of thinking of others. Okay, you may have heard that. Uh, thing, joy, right? He was going to say it. It's going to pop out. But Jesus, others, and you. And I don't know if that's yeah. 100, you know. But, but that's, huh? that's, a, that's a submissive mind. Like, how should we think about things? Jesus, others, you. So, uh, but also a spiritual mind. One that's focused on eternity. 
It's very easy for us in this world, because we're here and we're constantly bombarded with it, to get our minds focused on only the things that are temporal, right here and right now, you know, things that don't last, and we get our minds focused on that. But we need to have our minds focused on eternity, recognizing that, you know what, we're made for greater things. There are greater things coming ahead because of what we've seen God already do in the past. Our hope, our peace, and our joy is greater and can be greater because we know that in the future he will fulfill those promises as well. Uh, so what are we focusing on eternity uh, rather than on the things that are temporal? But also a secure mind. Focusing on things that are right to be thinking about, first of all, but also focusing on uh, the, the Christ and, and, the, and, the, and the right thinking that he wants us to have. So these mindsets, so they give us that foundation, they understand what joy we have in Jesus. And if we are doing that, if we're having the mind of Christ, if we're putting our mind in those things, we won't waver when the hard times come, because they will. Uh, we won't selfishly think of ourselves first, you know. We won't be focused on the material goods that so easily slip away from us. We won't focus on the wrong things uh, or things that we cannot control uh, to find our joy. We'll be fi uh, finding our joy setting our minds on Christ. So the mindset on Christ and on Him uh, and the joy He gives will help us to live to the fullest now. I think about this too. Um, most of you know, of course, I, I like to run a lot. I did a 5K yesterday, actually, jingle jog <laughs> up in, uh, there, was, there was bagpipes there. You would have loved it. Mm. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, a 5K is, is three miles. It's, it can be a long way. It's not a sprint. That's a long way for me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's three miles. It can be a long way. Uh, but it's not as long as a marathon. It's 26 miles. And, and, and the Christian life is not a 5K. Christian's life is not a sprint either. You know, uh, it's a marathon. And, 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 and you know, when, you, when you're out running, there's a point at which you're just like, man, I'm giving up and walking home. This is stupid. But that's the point where you have to push yourself to go even more. That's the point where you say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it to the end when you're out there and you feel that. And that's the way it is sometimes in life, man. It's like, man, I just, I feel like I can't. But when we, when we have the mind of Christ, we remember that the prize is at the finish line. And that's what we're looking ahead to. We're running a marathon. I mean, when we look at um, <laughs> after the Hebrews Hall of Fame of Faith in mm -hmm. Hebrews 11, that's what God tells us in Hebrews 12, 1, right? And what, thinking about all those people who by faith did this and mm -hmm. endured their whole life long. We're told in, in Romans or Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 that ultimately, those are all great examples, but look to Jesus. Right. He's a perfect example of, of his joy uh, getting him through and being, and being sourced in his relationship with God. And, mm -hmm. and it says, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame and, yeah. and has been exalted at the right hand of God. Yeah. And it's, and it's in those things that we find the true joy because that's where God's working. God is working in the waiting, and, and Advent reminds us of that waiting period. Celebrating Advent reminds us that, and God is at work in the waiting, you know, and, and in the waiting is where the growing happens, right? You, you don't plant a seed and, and get the corn right away. You have to wait, and it's growing the whole time, but at the end, when it's harvest time, and that those tomatoes and cucumbers and squash and corn and all that stuff is coming in, you're enjoying the prize, so to speak. The growing has been happening in the waiting. And that's what God is doing in our life as well. Our joy would be full. And so that's the joy that helps us endure those hard circumstances. 
That's the joy that helps us look ahead and realize and say, hey, you know what? Christ is coming again, and I can finish this race well. Uh, it connects us also back to, to people before us. We have to remember, too, that there were, like you mentioned, the Hebrew the Hall of Fame there mm-hmm. in Hebrews chapter 11. Well, there have also been not only those saints and others whose names are not there, uh, but, but also those that have been waiting since Jesus rose again, waiting for his second coming. I think that Paul believed the second coming was just as imminent as we do today, and they were waiting and patiently enduring for the return of Christ. And their joy was made full and complete in that, and, and in the same way ours is as well. We can relate back to that and remember that so many before us had that same uh, waiting. Christ is coming again to rule and reign forever. And so hope properly placed in Christ gives us peace. And the peace we have is resting on faith of what God has done in the past, knowing that he'll be faithful in the future as well. And that faith gives us the joy that cannot fade. It gives us strength to endure the world because at the end result, we know that Christ is working in us and our joy will be complete and full in him. And we'll look at the last verse here, verse 15, verse 11 there, John 15, 11. And Jesus said, These things I've spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Good, and that's the completeness, the completeness of his joy, John 15, 11. And so the first thing there that we want to notice is that uh, Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you. We have to hear the word. We have to hear what's being said. He spoke these things to us. So in order for us to have true joy in our Christian's life, we have to listen to what God is saying to us. Listen to the Bible. And the best way to do that is to pick up your Bible and read it. To hear the voice of God. Pick up the Bible and read it and hear the word. And I'll say this. And I used to tell this to kids whenever I was a teacher. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Did you know that? There's a, there, there's a sound going on right now in here that I can hear. It's that speaker up there humming. I've been ignoring it most of the night because I'm focusing on talking about joy. But I can hear it, but I'm not paying attention to it. Hearing, you can hear things. But listening has the idea of focused attention placed on someone talking or something that's happening. You have a focused attention. You're hearing it and you're receiving it. And that's the difference there between listening and hearing. Uh, and so that's what we have to do. We have to listen with the intentional uh, thought that I'm going to take in. I'm going to receive what I'm hearing and think about it. And allow it to uh, go around in my head, listening and hearing and receiving. I love what Charles Spurgeon once said. He said, we don't go to church to gather information. He said, but the information that we do gather should cause us to respond with joy to it. And I thought of John 8.32 with that verse. Uh, Jesus said, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Yeah, you'll know it. You'll gather information, you'll hear it, but how will we? But, but it's not just the gathering, it's the responding with joy to the illustration or the, the gathering of the information. And I love, I said illustration because I was thinking about this, the next word in the thing, but uh, uh, it's a wonderful illustration. I know I've shared it with you before, but I love it every time. Because right now in this room, there is music playing. There's people talking, there's things happening right now in this room. But you can't hear it and I can't hear it. Do you know why? It's radio waves. It's radio waves. They're going on right now. Now, how do we get a radio to work? We, we could go find a radio. We could plug it in or put batteries in it, whatever, and tune it to the right station on the dial, and then we could hear it. And so in the same way, we have to be tuned in, so to speak, to what God is saying to us, listening and hearing and receiving. That radio receives the signal that's being sent to it, and then you can hear the music or the talk radio or whatever uh, is on that station. 
So God is speaking right now. The question is, are we tuned into the right station in our life? Are we hearing God? Are we responding correctly to it? Because I'll tell you, the world around us is speaking to us. I mean, commercials and social media and, I mean, just driving down the street, billboards and all kind of stuff. It's speaking to us all the time. It's telling us how to think. Every single day, the world around us tells us how to think. But we have to decide, are we going to tune in and listen to God or are we going to tune in and listen to the world? Because it will speak to us either way, and we respond to what the information that's given to us. And that's the last point there, respond to the word. How should our response be? Can you, can you read that verse? Yeah, it says, rejoice, Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Always rejoicing. Always rejoicing in the Lord. Philippians is a really good book because it's all about joy. That's what it is. Paul's joy and all about joy in the Lord. And, and just like as a poignant reminder that it's not based on circumstance. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know Paul wrote that from prison. Yeah. You know, and um, it's just, I think it was, and I've mentioned this before, Elizabeth Elliot. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same situation. I mean, here's a, a woman who went with her husband and a couple, a few other couples to the mission field to mm -hmm. try to reach an unreached tribe, and that tribe ended up murdering all their husbands and then eventually yeah. they went back and won them to Christ, the, the mm -hmm. ladies yeah. did and and she she said at one point um, you know, the secret to real joy is not me in different circumstances it's me and Jesus Christ yep. that's the secret to real joy and, mm -hmm. and so that's like, to me that's a, somebody who has experienced what she's experienced, there's some street cred there Paul, yeah. there's some street, he's writing this from prison, he says rejoice in the Lord always and, yeah. and people were probably like, huh, what? I know, again I say rejoice, you can rejoice even in circumstances like this Yeah, and that's really good because he says it twice there in the verse, rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice rejoice always and again in those things. And I and that is what it is. That's 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 what Jesus is speaking to us, the example of obedience. I love what D.A. Carson said. He said, No one is more miserable than the Christian who for a time hedges or wavers mm -hmm. in his obedience. He says this he does not love sin enough to enjoy its pleasure, and he does not love Christ enough to relish his holiness. So a person that goes back and forth between these things all the time puts their joy in the wrong place. And also in this verse, this last verse, number 11, uh, 1511, it talks about that um, it's the joy of Jesus. Jesus says, it's my joy that my joy remain in you. So it's not, it's not joy about Jesus. We can be joyful about Jesus. It's not joy that comes from Jesus. It's not joyful because Jesus joys over you. It is the joy of Jesus that he's giving to us to remain in us. And so it's not to be mistaken with excitement or happiness. You know, you can go. Last night I went to a concert, okay? Uh, new song and Jeremy Camp. They were at Elizabethtown Baptist Church. I was there last night. It was exciting. And it was music that made you feel good. But whenever the concert was over, I was dog tired <laughs> because I ran a marathon and there was all kind of stuff. that Well, not a marathon. I ran a 5K. It was, there was a lot going on yesterday. The feeling came back. But while you're there, there's excitement. You go to an amusement park. You go to someplace fun. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the old feelings come back. We've got to put our joy in the right place. Jesus gives us his joy that lasts and remains. And it's being right with God. It's walking with him. Our relationship to God is unchanging. And not only is it Jesus' joy that he's giving to us, his joy is full. And I think back to Thanksgiving. We just celebrated Thanksgiving, right? And we're about to celebrate Christmas again uh, here in the next few weeks. And, and one thing that was mentioned tonight as well that's always connected with those holidays is what? Food. Food. 
Food is always connected with those holidays, okay? Uh, and, and you probably were like me. You probably had a lot of Thanksgiving food, and you probably felt like the turkey felt. You know? I was full. You would understand. You're full. Yes. You're full. And when you get that stuffed, full, yeah. you're stuffed, exactly, the way the turkey felt, stuffed. And, and when you get that full, though, and someone brings out, I, I don't like the pumpkin pie immediately after Thanksgiving dinner. I have to wait a little bit. Hmm. That's because a mistake. it doesn't look as appetizing immediately. I got to wait till a little later in the night. Then it looks appetizing. What, what if Jesus comes back? I hear you. You got to get that pumpkin pie. And well, I think there'd be something better in heaven than pumpkin pie. Or maybe the pumpkin pie will be even better in heaven. That's what I would say. I don't It'll have a chapter and a verse. But... Even better. That's right. Um, but, but you feel that way. You know what? You feel that fullness that says, I just cannot eat another bite. That kind of joy that Jesus gives us is the kind of joy that when we see the things this world says, put your joy here, put your joy here, we can say, hmm, I'm full of the joy of Jesus, and that is not appetizing to me at all. That's not, that's not something I'm going to put my joy in. It's not appetizing. It's not making me want to take it in. It's a fullness of joy, and it's a complete joy. It doesn't lack anything. It's complete. It's whole. Every part is needed. Everything that's needed is there. It's a complete and full joy because it is the joy of Jesus. So as we're approaching Christmas Day, and even afterwards, let the joy of Christ shine through your life so that we can share that, especially this season right now, the joy of Christ. So many people will be unjoyful, like, oh, man, you got the last thing off the shelf, and I really got to, you know, have joy. And be joyful as we go around so people see that. It was the darkest time, mm -hmm. like, literally, of the year, right? Yeah. I mean, um, it don't get light out very right. early, and it sure don't stay light out very late. It's very dark. Yeah. And, um, and, I mean, one opportunity to have joy and shine in that dark time because our joy is sourced in Jesus, especially during this, this uh, holiday and... Um, you know, in Psalm 84, 11, uh, God promises us this. He had David write, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk up uprightly. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a C.S. Lewis quote I shared this week on social media, but uh, it kind of goes along with that. It says, When we want to be something other than what God wants us to be, or when we want something other than what God wants us to have, mm -hmm. we must honestly be wanting um, to not be happy, because God is is about you yeah. know uh, us giving what's good to us. Yeah. Um, no good thing, e even things that we're like, how in the world could this be good? Like a Romans eight twenty eight thing, that yeah. He's going to work it for our good. Um, no good thing will He withhold from those who who are His who who walk with him mm -hmm. and um, I'm just it's just a reminder to make sure that we don't put our, our anchor for our joy or try to tap inadequate or insufficient sources of joy because every single time they'll let you down yeah but Jesus never will the, the yeah. joy that's so you said joy of Jesus he said because that's what he says there um, verse 11, these, I've told you these things so that my joy might remain in you. So it's the joy of Jesus and then our joy might be full. What is the joy of Jesus? What is that? What do you think? What's the joy of Jesus? Are you joyful that you're saved? 
I mean, no matter what happens in life, you could have the worst, worst day ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if, if you have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus and the eternal life that comes from that, I mean, I think salvation is the joy. You said that earlier. I mean, the joy of uh, his, his joy. Um, the love of God has mm-hmm. for us is in our salvation. And I think not just that, but uh, salvation that like is all encompassing as scripture puts salvation. We tend to think of it as like the moment we were born again. It definitely is that. I mean, that's yeah. the, the regeneration aspect of our salvation. But I mean, there's also that other instantaneous thing, the justification that I, I'm declared righteous in Christ. That is a, that's a good source of joy. Yeah. Um, the adoption, that other instantaneous part of salvation that I, I've got a family, I'm forever his. Mm-hmm. I am his and he is mine. Yeah. Uh, that's a great source of, of joy. The sanctification. Sometimes I don't feel joyful all the time or necessarily happy, but what a great thing that he's conforming us into the image of Christ. What a, a, a thing to be joyful about. And then there's glorification. That's, mm-hmm. of course, we're going to be, heaven will be that place of joy. No sorrow. We look at right. that this morning, Revelation 21, where God will wipe every tear from our eyes. No more pain, no more sorrow. So, yeah, I think the joy of Jesus is all of those things in the salvation that's ours by faith in him. 